reading of the scriptures. Good morning, church. How are you? Haven't been joining you guys for quite a few months as I, as I was teaching Sunday school in the Cantonese service. Um, today, I'm, my topic is kind of interesting, called Unboxing Jesus. Recently, my wife twisted her ankle while playing badminton in the gym a few weeks ago. So I, as a result, I have to walk the dog by myself. Walking a dog by myself in this cold weather is not something that I love to do, but I have to. So I go on the internet and check out Boxing Day specials to see if I can find something like a, like a earplug, ear, ear right? To, or some sort of uh, over-the-head um, headphones. And then I come across all these videos called unboxing, unboxing things, unboxing this and that. So a lot of YouTubers would demonstrate in the video and tell, tell us to subscribe the channels. And then what they do in the unboxing is, here, here's the box. Oh, I like that lip. It helped me to take the thing out. Look at this, right? And what it does is, they will start unwrapping and showing us what is it all about, and then give us a review of this device. So enough talking about unboxing. Today, it's about Jesus. It's not about me unboxing a little device in front of you. I've, I'm pretty sure you have, seen, you have seen enough unboxing videos before, before you make a purchase. As Isadora just read, read us the scripture from the Gospel of Luke, Jesus declared himself and make, make a proclamations. I just want to give a little bit of background in here. I should have disabled all these things to show it all at once. Anyhow, Jesus, in the first few chapters, we have seen it in the, book, in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. It says about the birth of the Jesus, which in the, few, in the songs that you, we have just sang, has already declared, wrap this one up, remember? Okay, so the little baby is in the manger. And then chapter 2, the second part of chapter 2, it goes on to, to present, Jesus was presented to this temple. And then that Simeon is the, is the, is the temple uh, host who were trying to, uh, uh, there was a ceremony when a baby boy was eight days old. The parents would dedicate the baby, present it to the temple. And Simeon would, would tell Mary, this baby boy eventually will be the, will be the life, will, will be sacrificed to save many, many lives. Towards the end of chapter 2 in the book of Luke, Jesus was being uh, in the temple. Now he's become a teenager. He was debating among the uh, scribes and Pharisees, and people were amazed. As you continue to read the Bibles, John the Baptist came along and asked people to repent. And then they talk about the genealogy of Jesus, which most of us will technically just skip it. And then now we come to chapter 4. In the beginning of chapter 4, it's very interesting. 
when you first read in the Bible, Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit to the wilderness and being tested or tempted by the Satan for 40 days. We all know, we all know these stories. And then afterwards, Luke just turned around and said that Jesus now is back to Galilee. However, I want to show you, before finishing the temptation, so Jesus conquered. But today's scripture starts at verse 14. During that period, there was about a year of time where, we, where the, the part was not really actually recorded in the Gospel of Luke. So if you flip to the Gospel of John, you'll be able to see all the details about John the Baptist. Now, coming back to today's scriptures, it's where Jesus began or starting his ministry back in the area of Galilee. So Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. He was not born by his parents like sexual activities. We all know that. It's in our Apostles' Creed. He was anointed by the Spirit at his baptism. While he was baptized by John, when he rise up from the water, the heaven opened, remember all these things, and then the Holy Spirit lied upon him. He was led by the Spirit to the wilderness to face off against the devil. And now, He's returned in the power of the Spirit back to Galilee. Interesting, the Bible said a report about him went out through all the surrounding country. He was, he was famous. Jesus' teaching. Now, Luke did not record all the things that were happened before, but he specifically indicated that. There's a report. Now, people want to know who this guy is, who is this man is all about. But his fame precedes his arrival in Nazareth and sets up people's anticipations. People anticipate and wanted to know him more. But Jesus definitely is not looking for some flashy headlines to further his popular appeal, but he wants to engage in divine missions. The Bible continues to say that Jesus will visit synagogues. Now, synagogue is not like a church building. Synagogue, back in Jesus' time, is basically a private meeting place where a few of them would gather together. Don't get me wrong, synagogue is not the same as temple. I always, when I was a young Christian, I always thought about going to the temple is the same as going to a synagogue which is not true. There's no structural building. It could be in my house, in a living room or family room, because there was no... The, the so-called bigger uh, such a building could be in Cabinet, where there could be a, a person responsible for looking after. So anyhow, it was gathering of people. It's not a building. It's a meeting place. In Jesus' time, most village synagogues were probably modified rooms in a private house. And only a few towns could afford the actual building. So what Jesus did in the, in the, in the synagogue, 
the Bible continues to say that. He went to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up, and he was at his custom. He went up and stood up to read. Now, we do, they, back in Jesus' time, they don't have Bibles. Everything is written in scrolls. So there's like a two cylinders, okay, like that. And then there's the, I believe there's a lambskin. It's not even papers. And then they start rolling this out to maybe a few feet long, maybe 20 feet long. I have no idea. But then, then after they finish reading it, they will just roll, roll it back. You see how it goes, right? So Nazareth, before I go further into the content, where's Nazareth? Nazareth is located halfway between Sea of Galilee and the Mediterranean Sea. It's a very unknown town that not even Old Testament mentioned Nazareth. But it is Jesus was raised in this insignificant village. Jesus' ministry in his early stage were associated in such a small town that nobody even heard of. So in the synagogue, there were, in the Sabbath synagogue, there were seven people would go, come up and read. They would read the laws, which is the first five books of our Old Testaments. And then people would read the prophets and then the wisdom books, which are Psalms, Proverbs. Now it was, it was, normal at that time for people to stood up and read. That's the traditions. So it's Jesus' turn, he would stood up and people would give them that scroll and then he would start opening it. The Bible also said that it was the book of Isaiah and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. And when I look up some commentary to look into it, why Isaiah? Because there could be a cycle, lectionary cycle. So I believe there are many prophets in, our, in the Old Testament, like Jeremiah and all these minor prophets too. But I guess there's a two or three year cycle where people will continue to read. So after spending two or three years reading book, the book of Isaiah, they will continue on to read another book and so forth. But I'm pretty sure the timing is just perfect where Jesus would be reading the book of Isaiah at that moment. So the Bible continues to, to tell us that he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight of the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This scripture was actually taken from the book of Isaiah, chapter 61, verse 1 to 2. Now remember, we have Bible that are being labeled chapter 61 or chapter 48 or whatever. Back in Jesus' time, there's no such thing as chapter 61. It just continues as, as, as they write. It's a coincidence 
that Jesus randomly opened that scroll and, oh, okay, see that chapter and, and read? I don't think so. He's God. He knew where the Bible pointed to him. It is a clear reference to the Messiah. You may say, oh, he just randomly opened up. Okay, so I'll open up three turns in here, maybe one turn over there. and Okay, so I'll just read this line. It's not like that. Jesus did it for a purpose. He wanted to introduce himself, who he is. Like unboxing. So let's just broke it up into the four things. That, well, Jesus talked about five things during that little scriptures. And I'm going to go through one of each. Okay, next time I'll make sure that this type of uh, effect will, will be away. So the first thing they talked about is proclaim good news to the poor. When we think about poor, we also think about asset cash. We are, we have, we are being stripped with no money at all. But what Jesus actually means here, it's spiritually poor. These are the people who are unable, to, they, people who are lost in the dark. They are his, the sinful people. Poor, this word in Greek, they have, it, people would associate this word as a beggar. It's a person with free resources. They were hiding in a shadow. They were embarrassed. They were being marginalized, if I were use today's word. But what Luke or Jesus wanted to point out is that spiritually poor, people who realize they have nothing to offer to God but are in need of His, His freedom. A lot of us didn't even recognize or realize we are spiritually poor. Nowadays, people are so bombarded with materialistic things. Remember, I was sharing in the Cantonese service the other day. Don't go crazy about Black Friday or Cyber Monday. As soon as I open up my, my emails, I've seen a lot of so-called advertisings, promotions. Buy me, buy this. 40% off or 50% off. Or buy this, get this for free. And we are so enticed to, to all these things that we don't even need. talking about spiritually poor. Again, people out there in our neighborhood thinks they are driving nice cars, living in a new, brand new house, but actually they're not. Helping, we as a disciple of God need to help these people to get them realize they need a God. Not just think these things that can be gone or obsolete very soon. Now, I can tell you, this little trackpad that I purchased, the reason why I cannot type Chinese, I don't know how any, any sort of input method. 
my son was asking me the, yesterday, Daddy, how do I input or how, how, how do I know about entering this pinging or, or whatever uh, input method? I said, I don't know. I need, I need this. I need this so that I can do the PowerPoint in Chinese. I can, I can do the uh, method. But these guys, you think it will last? No. It cost me 150 bucks. But in six years, maybe 10, less than 10, you know how Apple is crazy, right? It'll be obsolete again, and I have to get a new one. But for us, What can, we do? what can we do to help other people to realize the need of Jesus, especially in Advent? Only Jesus can bring salvation to those who are actually acknowledge they are spiritually destitute. And only God can supply their needs. I'm not talking about the resources that we still need. We still need food. We still need shelter. We still need electricity. We still need cell phone, yes. But those are the ones that are dragging away from us to God. So my ask to all of us, Jesus came on earth to proclaim the good news. What about us? Are we just sitting here to enjoy or are we going out to reach out to people? The next thing that Jesus wanted to say is proclaim liberty. You may say in Toronto, we have no such issues of being people hold captive or arrested because I'm proclaiming God. I've seen a, a pastor in downtown Toronto openly talking about Jesus, and, and, and I think he was being harassed or something. He got arrested. Anyhow, it's not about his content. I think it's more about his behavior. Anyhow, Jesus trying to proclaim liberty to the captives means he wants to give hope. The original meaning when Isaiah said that is because people were being held captive in Babylon back in those days because they were sins. So, so God used all these enemies to take away the Israelites because they disobeyed the commands. Jesus, uh, God has been asking them to repent, but they never learned. They never listened. But people think they are free from sin and not realizing they were subject to eternal punishment for violating God's laws. Hey, I did nothing wrong. Why do you say I'm a sinner? I don't believe that. When we share the gospel, there are techniques. There are things that we can do. I normally don't tell you up front or right into your face, you are a sinner, you need to repent. That would destroy the relationship. For me, I try to use more like a softer approach by establishing the relationship first getting to know the people's background. And then afterwards, and then I can start sharing the gospel slowly at a time. And there's no one size fits all, by the way. The thing that I can share with you 
works for these people, but they they not work for him. However, if you know or identify in your circle of influence somebody who haven't known Jesus yet, I would love you to, in the month of December, while we are all celebrating Christmas, send him a card. You know what? I haven't received a Christmas card for a long time. Maybe just write a Christmas card, not like an email or WhatsApp or whatever. That's not special. A handwritten card. Try to touch base with them. I want to see how you do, how you are doing lately. How are you doing with the pandemic? How are you doing with your kids? How how is your parents? Not just sending you warm wishes and period and sign your name that say bye. It's not like that. I'm pretty sure your colleagues, your family members, and some friends, high school, university doesn't really matters. Check with them. I did it. I'm so thankful when I when before I became a pastor, I worked for the bank as a financial planner. And what I did during this time, I have to start calling my clients, not to get the business, but to but the bonding the relationships. This is how I do, and I'm so thankful because of that type of experience and training. I can contact the congregations. We have so many newcomers to the church, and I'm struggling to call each one of them. Yesterday, we have a Christmas party. Over 50 adults and 50 kids in the gym. After Cantonese service, we have another 50 Hong Kong newcomers, or not Hong Kong newcomers from. To NTCAC, are having life group Christmas celebrations in the gym again, back to back. Like, can you imagine all these newcomers coming to NTCAC? We want not just only to welcome them. A lot of them were non-believers. I'm so thankful we have a strong team of brothers and sisters who are willing to step up. And taking care of them, not just adjusting to the winter environment of Canada, but also helping them to settle down here in at, at the church. We are all firing all the cylinders, shifting all the gears to the to the turbo mode or whatever the sports mode. To, what to The only thing for us right now is to how to we, how we can better manage. I hate to use the word manage, but we did have a lot of comers, new new people. That we some some fellowships are struggling on how to use the church facilities because because we are running out of space. Tomorrow, I have meetings with fellowship chairs and Pastor Samuel. How we can better use, utilize the space on Saturday night. I think this, according to Pastor Stan, I was talking to him. This is a good problem. It is a problem that we had never thought of. 
And from last Sunday, we heard about phase two expansion. The city is giving us green light. So let's continue. Recovering sights of the blind. Obviously, obviously, we know that the Bible is not talking about we actually cannot see. It's the spiritual blindness. I quote the two scriptures, one from Psalm and one from Jeremiah. They have neither knowledge nor understanding. They walk about in darkness. Hear this, O foolish and senseless people, who have eyes but see not, who have ears but hear not. That's pretty bad and pretty sad. I always ask God to help us, me and my wife, to walk around the neighborhood with our dog, little doggy, which we, we've we purchased last year. And we thankfully, we met a lot of new neighbors, Mandarin speaking, for some reasons. Oh, your dog is so cute. What's her name? Or what's his name? I would say, correct that. It's a girl. It's, you know, six months. It's, a, it's not a Pomeranian. It's a mini nature American Eskimo. They all got, always got confused. Okay, you can, you can look it up later. American Eskimos. They look like Pomeranian, but it's not. But anyhow, just, just started conversations. Oh, so you live close by. Yeah, 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 and blah, 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 and all this. What do you do? Oh, I'm a church pastor. I go to that church here on Bayview, just opposite of the private school. Oh, that church, that church. And I start inviting them. But no go. Couple coming over to my house for dinner. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> and, then, and then they come over to my house for dinner. And that's how we started. One at a time. Are they blind? No, they're not. Are they deaf? Obviously, they're not. But they're not in ready for gospel, I can tell. Because of their achievements. They make good money. They're well off. I don't need your God. I'm okay with myself. Look what kind of car I'm driving. Look what kind of house I'm, I'm living in. Why would I need Jesus? We got to be ready to answer these questions when people challenge. I'm not a sinner. Why do I need to repent? I don't need Jesus. Are you ready to answer these questions? If you are not, please be prepared how you can I'm not trying to say winning the debate, but at least you have some sort of response. <laughs> not to say complete silence and dead air. That's kind of embarrassed. Finally, my time is almost running out. Setting the liberty for those who are oppressed. Once again, people who are overloaded by life painful circumstances are considered oppressed in Jesus' term. Who are they? I'm running out of time. I don't even know. My, my, my schedule is all packed. I'm back-to-back -back with meetings. 
have to take care of my kids. I have to cook the meal. I have to clean the house. I have to vacuum. I have to wash, do the laundries and all this. I have to watch TV. These people have no time for God because their priority is upside down. But Jesus said in the Bible, in the book of Matthew, "Come to me, and I can give you rest." I'm not going to read the whole things, but you know what I'm talking about. I've seen people burn out, even brothers and sisters, and that's a warning bell that sounds. And I would, I wouldn't say, "How come you don't do this? How, how come you don't do that?" My, I would completely change my conversation. Let me pray for you. Let me help you to reorganize. It's more encouraging, eh? Why don't you fix this, or do that, or maybe unsolicited? Give them some unsolicited advice. Maybe do this and that. No, I won't. Say, I won't say that anymore. I learned my lessons. I need to be a Barnabas. Finally, proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Back in the back in the Old Testament, in the book of Leviticus. Moses giving them the law. For every fiftieth year, people' debt will be forgiven. All these slaves have the right freedom to go back home. And Jesus want to proclaim this. This is more towards in the future. Astrological redemption, of which God has graciously appointed, in order to show us. The salvation and bringing freedom from the guilt and effects of sin. People do not realize the scary part of eternal punishment in the futures because they don't see it, they don't feel it right away. But we need to bring them up. Bible keep continuous to be alert, to be watchful. Remember. Those virgins, the ten virgins, five of them are smart, five of them are not so smart, and they run out of oil. The groom comes. Bye. Can you help us? I need more oil. Sorry, I don't. I'm running out myself. I I I do have enough for myself. Are we alert for the final? Those are the questions. And Jesus said, "I'm here to fulfill. Today, the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. It's a perfect tense, indicative. These things, most of it, were already fulfilled. And in the later chapters of the book of Luke, we'll be going to fulfill again. It will be continuing to be fulfilled." What about the life applications? A good reminder: we are disciple of Jesus. If we were to glorify God by becoming the follower of, of Jesus, the first thing that we need to do, we got to be reminded we are also being anointed and empowered by the Holy Spirit to do things 
in our daily lives, in our family, in our workplace. We are the witness. We are the salt and the light to shine in this wicked world. Can we not perform miracles? I don't think so. When Jesus sent out the 72 disciples, two by two, to go in villages to villages, they were able to cast out demons and perform some miracles. And I'm pretty sure if we were able to do that today, we can help people to convert, to be a Christian, or to become a follower of Christ. Second, I've been continuing to, to, to say it in this sermon, establish relationships for those who are spiritually poor and give them the gift of Jesus, not a gift of this, who will be fade away. I mean, gift exchange is still good. I'm not saying that that's wrong, especially for kids. But show them who Jesus is, what he can do, your personal testimony. Are you ready to share? So a couple of things. Are we able to answer these questions? Why do I need Jesus? Are we ready to share our personal testimony? How are we being touched and become a Christians? Share the same thing with them. Build up the relationship with them. There are a lot of people, lots of opportunities. It's whether you can start stepping out with so-called comfort zone. Once you step out, you will start experiencing God. If you never step out and wanted to be here, I'm so comfy. I don't need anything. Well, one day we will be all be judged in the throne. Where are our fruits? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this morning. It's a passage that shows us how, what Jesus started his ministry in the area of Galilee. Thank you, Lord, for your gracious love. You want us to be saved, but you also want other peoples to be saved as well. Help us, brothers and sisters, to willing to step out of our comfort areas and be able to be your witness be your ambassadors to shine in this world, especially here in Canada. That's freedom of religions and freedom of speech. There are a lot of places that even reading our Bible out loud is forbidden, it's prohibited. Let us use this to our advantage and bring more people to you. Thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.